This podcast is brought to you by our supporters at Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s to find out how you can get over a dozen bonus episodes, a monthly newsletter, and a sticker in the mail. That's right, your very own sticker supporting this podcast. Visit patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s to learn more. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Uncle Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, a dreamer with a silly heart, the Macho Mandrew. Gunkle Andrew. <laughs> Gunkle's a gay, gay uncle. I mean, technically, it would be, it'll be Bunkle, but yeah. <laughs> I just, I had to go, you know, go purely guessing. You haven't heard Gunkle before? I haven't. I've heard Funkle. No, yeah, Gunkle, gay uncle. Gunkle. Yeah. I mean,. It's not shocking to me that I have not heard the, the abbreviation before. Um, it's the second half of Candied Yams with one of our we, – we did one new – it's like a, we do a thing that our family would never do on Thanksgiving, but I have heard there are families do on Thanksgiving, which is like change things up a little bit. Yeah. So we started Candied Yams, new John Candy for us, ending Candied Yams with an old fave. You can, you can always add, but you cannot replace – so I, 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 that's certainly how our Thanksgiving is, but I have known people who are like, oh yeah, like I'll do, you know, I'll go crazy. Like we'll just, we'll just completely change the stuffing and people are fine with it. And I was like, wow, my family, you get shot. Yeah, that's not that. a thing. Not a thing. Cause I, I do, I smoke a turkey for Friendsgiving and my, my friend was like, oh, can you give my, you know, can you give me and my husband the recipe so we can make smoke a turkey for my family Thanksgiving? And I was like, if I smoked the turkey for my family Thanksgiving, there would be a riot. Like, unless I was making two turkeys. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest. Thank, turkey is like the one part of Thanksgiving that I'm like, you can do that. You can change that. I don't, I don't care about the turkey. <laughs> I love it's the sides really, for me. <clears throat> I do, I do, uh, in normal years, I do a second smoked turkey for just me and my wife. Oh, okay. So, like, after Friendsgiving, I do another one. Because there's nothing left, I assume. In the first couple of years, that was true. Now, more and more, I've been getting, like, a 20-pounder and, and the guest list, you know. Well, if your Friendsgiving so is before our Thanksgiving over. and there's turkey left, bring me a slice. I'll try a smoked turkey. <laughs> okay. Um, I will uh, see what I can do for that. Uh, but enough about Turkey. Let's talk about John Candy. We watched Uncle Buck, and you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your cat in the hat uncle. Someone's gonna get your cat in the hat uncle. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Great Scott. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 yeah. I've never heard it put that way before, but I like that. I, I do. I think yeah. that's pretty good. Although he doesn't do as much cleanup as the cat in the hat did. He did. He, he Well, the place is pretty spick and spam when mom and dad get around, get home, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Uh, the, at the end, Shanice says, like, we try to clean or whatever, so. Yeah, I, I feel like if it was accurate, it would be the end of Home Alone. And it, it, it what did you do, like, Buck? What did you do to our house? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that would be the you know if he really wasn't doing anything. Uh, but yeah, this is a, a real treat. This one I had not watched this movie in a long time, and I realized uh, I watched it with, with my wife who had never seen it before, and she really enjoyed it, which I was delighted by. But um, 
she asked how many times I'd seen it. And I was like, you know, like A to Z all the way through, that number is probably pretty small because this was, I feel like a cable classic that I watched. You think? Like, I've seen scenes of this movie dozens of times, but the number of times I've watched A to Z Uncle Buck is is smaller. Hmm. Like, I would say it's like- 10. The number of times I've seen a, I would say, yeah, but like- Probably in the like seven to ten range of like complete watches, but if you were to add up all of the like, I watched one segment or two segments on cable between commercials. It's probably like thirty. Like if each one yeah. of those is a distinct time. So I'm just saying, it's like I I feel like there's segments of this movie I'm much more familiar with. This is a great. I I, I this is also my my thesis uh, that I've we have not. I think we may have talked about in previous. Um, Oh my God. John Hughes movies. I was like, no, not him, not him, not him. Flipping through the roll decks. Uh, John Hughes movies are so often like perfectly segmented for cable re-airing. And I don't, I have no idea if that was conscious or that's just the way he approached making movies. But I was thinking about uh, Home Alone is like very segmentable. Mm-hmm. Like each, each, each scene is like a distinct chapter in a book sort of that you can like just, or not, um, almost like an individual little short story. It's like you can watch certain segments of the movie almost like standalone. Obviously it's better in the context of the movie, but I feel like you can watch like chunks of it and then you can see where the commercials would go. And so you can see, well, especially I think for something that like in, in in the greater public consciousness, like everyone knows the, the A to Z story of home alone. So it can just be on TV. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. At your Thanksgiving, at your holiday parties. Absolutely. Yeah, but even movies I'm, like, super familiar with and like, there are movies that are, like, great for cable and movies that are less good for cable. And I feel like almost every John Hughes I can think of are, like, perfectly chunkable, where it's, like, you're flipping, you see it's Uncle Buck, you stop. Oh, it's the part where he, like, yells at the teacher and goes in the bathroom and the toilet's too short. And we just, like, watch that segment. And then he's, like, he throws the quarter at the lady and then it's, like, commercial break. I'm, like, okay, back to flipping. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did we? I don't remember. Did we decide whether or not uh, "Adventures in Babysitting" is John Hughes or just feels like it? I thought that was written by John Hughes. Maybe I knew that was Chris Columbus. I mean, those two get intertwined because uh, Hughes wrote "Home Alone" and he directed it. Yeah, so that may be just what we're doing there. If it's not, it's the John Hughesiest non-John Hughes movie ever made. <laughs> That was Columbus's directorial review. No, it's not. It's written by David Simpkins. And Hughes didn't like produce or anything? Uh, it's possible. I'm not seeing his name up here in the top of this oh, well. this listing. I mean, it would I feel like I think I think it's I think that feels John Hughesy more because it's set in Chicago than anything else and that it's like kind of kid oriented. Yeah, but it also has kind of segments to it. It's the sure, same way that yeah, Clue yeah. Clue is a Mel Brooks movie without being a Mel Brooks movie. Yeah, I guess I see what you're saying there. I I think Adventures in Babysitting is less No, I guess it's pretty yeah, I guess it's pretty similar. I it somehow it doesn't feel as like uh lesson learning e as Oh, it's definitely there's definitely less of a, a lesson, but it's in terms yeah, of that's structure and characters and story. Yeah. It feels Husey. Yeah. I I feel like in in my brain estimation of john hughes it's like you got some hijinks it's largely teenagers and then like at the end we have like the big heartfelt speech like very much what uh, the goldberg's formula rips off although when you do that in a 20 minute episode every week it maybe weakens. maybe a little more samey than uh than when you do it in 10 movies or whatever but yeah same kind of vibes um 
but it's been a long time since I watched this. And so I was, it was like long enough that I was able to be surprised by things that I did not recall. Like I remember a lot of details of the movie, of course, but and, a few you things. Know, yeah. Like, you know, I'm always referencing the giant pancake and, and like pulling that scene up and watching it and stuff. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a ton here. Uh, first of all, big shout outs for Macaulay Culkin and Gabby Hoffman, two really good little kid. Performances, oh, for sure. So rare. Um, so that's, you know, starting well, well off there. But then I also want to say, uh, Jean Louisa Kelly, who plays the older sister, Tia, is really phenomenal. Tia, yeah, phenomenal. In she's this very movie. good, like, really, really good, and just didn't really break out and work that much, which I find really, really shocking. And I almost wonder if it's a case of like too good at playing a bitch, people just assume you are. Well, one. I also feel like because uh, Winona Ryder was tapped to do this, but she was doing Heather, so she couldn't. And yeah. Ali Sheedy was also approached, but wasn't able to do it for whatever reason. And I feel like there yeah. was a, a sort of a, a, it was the renaissance of like alternative girls in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so. Because I don't think Jean Louisa Kelly is like either of them in vibe. I think she's pretty got a Winona vibe to her. Like she's got that like alternative, like. I mean, both of the girls you both. uh Winona and Ali Sheedy, I I feel like are version alpha goth. Like they're not goth yet, but they are what goth springs forth from. Like Beetlejuice Winona is is like goth 0.0. And then Ali Sheedy is like the loner artsy girl stereotype of like not quite goth, but touching it. I just feel like. You're, you're, I feel like this girl is more of like mean girl mainstream. I don't get mean, I, I don't get mainstream mean girl from her in the 80s. Like, that's not what mainstream girls looked like, like in terms of what they I wore. Mean, and maybe like she was a little more alternative. Maybe, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't getting alternative here because I was getting like, like girl, uh, trying to, uh, like I think she was, uh, Christ, what's her Regina name? George, Heather Candles. Chandler. No, 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 no. The, the Molly oh. Ringwald. Like, I think this girl was Molly Ringwald and then her parents moved and she was like, fuck you. You've ruined my life. Now I'm dressing only in brown. That is what okay. I read this character okay. as. That this is, this is like a pure, this is like a Molly Ringwald. She was captain of the cheer squad. She was like queen of her school. And then all of a sudden, hey, guess what? Your dad got a new job. We're moving into the middle of the suburbs. You're going to a new school. We're going to this new house, yada, yada, yada. And she is just like, ugh, no, I reject this. I'm never wearing pink again. Interesting. Okay. I didn't necessarily get that, but also I feel like the room would should have told me more of that. If that is the intention, I feel like her room would have been more girly. Yeah. I feel like the room is sort of how I interpret it too, because I, I feel like the room doesn't have your like, you know, the Morrissey or the Smiths, I guess probably the Smiths at that time, uh, emo bands. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like in her room, you've got like modern English and also her horse trophies or something. If we looked hard enough, but I, obviously we don't see the room that much, but it's yeah. even the room's kind of pink and wicker. I feel like, well, it feels I, like a Molly room I wall bedroom. Me. It seemed like she was in her parents' room the one time she was like on the phone. So I, Oh, maybe you're right. That's why I was a little confused. Yeah, maybe you're right. I thought that the point where like she yells at Buck and she's like, "It sucks." Oh shit, you're right. That is in her room. I just didn't pay attention to the background. 
Okay, and I, I, I just my memory of it is like white wicker furniture and pink. But also, I feel like Bug is a pretty classic, like piss off your parents' boyfriend. But Bugs, Bugs, Bugs' dad is a lawyer, so he's he's a rich kid. Yeah, but like, how many rich kids have you seen do like rebellious shit to piss off their parents? I feel like it's all a big soup of the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, both interpretations are valid. We can just start talking more about the movie. But I, all this to say is like, maybe you're right that that's why she didn't get more work. But like, what a bummer that she didn't. Although I was delighted to find out that if you've seen Malevolent. Malignant. Malevolent? No, Malignant. Um, uh, if you've seen Malignant, she has a, a, a part in that. She's like the person who gets uh, bound. Into, is she the, the one attic, from, she was, she did the, like the underground city tour. Was that her? That must be it. Yeah. Like I, the when you look her up on IMDb, there's like a picture of her like hiding from a sword. In the, I think it's a sword that gets thrown at her in the attic. Some a pointy yeah, object, whatever. A stabby weapon. Fun, fun horror movie. If you haven't seen it's it, good. you like those. But um, anyway, uh, we got a short bus pulling up to the house, which uh, uncommented on, but I was thought was going to be like a source of derision between siblings here. Yeah. No. Um, and I love this little exchange we start off with, with, uh, Jean, Ke- I'm going to start calling her Jean Kelly. I'm uh, sure she went by Tia. her names because of it. Yeah. Tia. Okay, fine. Well, I don't know the other characters. <laughs> Maisie. Names, so. Tia, Maisie, okay. and Miles. Okay. Well, look. It was the fastest way me. to write things down because Macaulay is you a long name. Me. I just write Mac and, and Gavin. Which apparently is so. what he goes by, IRL. His he also did like a Twitter poll and got Bodie McBoatfaced, so his name is Macaulay Macaulay Calkin Calkin because he was going to change his middle name and people said you should change your middle name to Macaulay Calkin. I like that. That's fun. So so it's two Macaulays, two Calkins. I like that. Um, I love this. I thought crap was a swear. Oh no, that's shit. Oh okay, <laughs> like t- teaching the little sister how to curse. It feels very organic. And also, Maisie is putting easy cheese on cheese balls, and I'm very inspired. <laughs> yeah, she really has having quite a snack there. Um, uh, Macaulay Calkin has a fight with the older sister, and then we cut to dinner time, and and oh boy, is Tia, Tia misogynistic? Shockingly. Oh yeah, but she's like giving her mom guff. But also, like I get the impression that the mom works. That's what I mean. Her both of yeah. her parents are salaried employees, and yet she's yeah. only giving her mom shit for not cooking dinner. And it's like, well, yeah, hey, sweetheart, what about the dude at the end of the other end of the table? He could have also made dinner. Also, why are you bitching about Chinese food? Yeah, tr- truly. Great dinner, delicious dinner. It's not like you're eating Stouffer's frozen entrees, which are, you know, I-, I could get how that one feels old after a week. But like, hey, man, hook me up with the Chinese food once a week, baby. Truly. Let's go. But yeah, no, her both of Give her parents are salaried employees, and she only ever gives her mom shit for not being domestic. And it's like, hey, girl. Yeah. I feel like, come on, girl. I mean, also, this is a class. I think part of this is like, if it was a boy, it would be fighting with the dad. But because it's a girl, we're fighting with yeah. the mom sort of situation. Like, also in the writing, like, that certainly is is what we're doing here. Because, you know, later the reconciliation is not with dad. Although they do. And well, it's because she's specifically she, antagonizing her mom. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I was also going to say, like, I feel like dad is a clueless buffoon is pretty standard for John Hughes. Right, like Ferris Bueller, a hundred percent Ferris Bueller's dad. Yeah, uh, the dads we never actually see in Breakfast Club, but they're uh, all pretty negatively painted by their children. Surely, S- S- Sixteen Candles 
they all forget her birthday, so I'll just lump that in there. It's been a long time since I've seen that one. But there's a wedding so, in that one. That's the wedding one, right? Uh, I thought 16 Candles, everybody forgets Molly Ringwald's birthday. But they forget because it's the wedding. Oh, I honestly, I don't think I've seen that one that many times. Eventually, we're going to end up doing it on the podcast. I just, we have not gotten to it. I That is one that I 100% as a young person was like, this is a girl movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't care. So I'm sure that's what happened there. Uh, and I feel like uh, Kevin McAllister's dad is, what's his, John, I don't, whatever, John Hurd is the ca- actor's name. I feel like he's kind of dumb. A little bit. Like, not as bad as the guns ones we just mentioned, but he's, like, kind of buffoony. I guess he just tends to write stronger mother character. There's, like... Yeah, they get way more to do. And I get stronger in the sense that, like, they're more, like, assertive characters. Yeah. Yeah, it, like, to be an armchair uh, psychiatrist here, I think John Hughes had a much more interesting relationship with his mom than his dad. Oh, probably. what I would say. Um. But uh, I also uh, I forget who's who's teaching who chopsticks here because I really enjoy it. That seemed like Macaulay was teaching dad. Okay, that's what I thought. I, I just wrote down teaching chopsticks, lol. But I do rem- I remembered it being uh, kind of a cute moment. Um, I'm sure I've, I'm sure this is a five timer. But I went out for Chinese food with the girl I dated in high school's family once, and none of them knew how to use chopsticks, and were like amazed when I picked them up and started using it. And so I ended up giving like a chopsticks tutorial to five people, but like. I'm not, like, an advanced chapstick user. I'm, like, uh, this stage of my life, I give myself, like, a six, which I feel is, This like, is proficient, I would good. say. Yeah, yeah. I can do rice and stuff. At the time, I was, like, a four, just, like, by sheer number of times used. You know, I've eaten a lot more cuisine that uses them now. And I was teaching these people, and it's, like, in hindsight, these people are probably, like, what's this fool doing? Yeah. Although my boyfriend's mom, um, she didn't really know how to use chopsticks. We got, I think we got Chinese for on Christmas last year, the year before or something. And it was like, she was like, oh yeah, I don't really use chopsticks. And I was like, oh, do you not know how? And she was like, I just never learned. And I was like, oh, I can teach you. And she was like, well, I actually bought something to teach me. And she put a little, like a little contraption you stick them into. Cause remember when I was growing up, I had one that was like a giraffe. So Mm -hmm. the little, the legs, they had long ass legs and those were the chopsticks, but they were connected to a body. So they sprung out and you didn't have to have as much control it was basically something like that that you just stuck the chopsticks into for that and i was like oh and she tried it for a few minutes she's like this i'll just i think a fork is fine and i was like power to you (laughs) i've seen chinese restaurants do like a folded up napkin and a rubber band that or the 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 wrapper the oh sure that's probably what the wrapper yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah uh, anyway, uh, we cut over to Buck and Amy Madigan, who love her. Also, a great female com- uh, character uh, in this. Uh, Buck's girlfriend, I feel like, is a pretty. You know, she gets a lot, Amy Madigan gets a lot of lot to do here, a lot of agency. She's like not a doormat, which I like. Like the charm of Buck is that a guy you shouldn't like wins you over. I think. Yeah. And and so there's a world in which and my wife's reaction, especially when we find out that Buck and uh, her have been dating for what like eight years. Eight years, she said. They say, and she was like, "What the fuck? Like this guy, eight years?" Which honestly, like I kind of get, but then by the end of the movie, you're like, "Well, I guess I see it." Yeah, I, I mean, John Candy, as we've said numerous times in this podcast, is just a very charming man. So like, I get it. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. But- and but this character is is sort of like a tumor that grows on you. But well, than also most like of his to me, it feels like he clearly cares for her. He's just not taking her very seriously, which I think yeah. is easy to get stuck in a cycle of like, I can come. He'll he'll get the hint. He'll get the hint. Yeah, 
Also, like, Buck needs to grow up, and this movie is the catalyst for him seeing that. Yeah. Like, him getting thrust into this fatherly role is how he ends up feeling like, oh, I have to... I have to change. Like if I, if I, I care about this person and this person wants this and I have to put their needs ahead of my own is like a, a real part of being in a relationship as an adult. So he, like, this is, we, Buck gets that growth. A lot of characters get growth in this movie, which is really satisfying to watch. The other thing I kept thinking about in this movie as it goes, and we'll get back to the narrative momentarily, but like, I know you haven't watched Ted Lasso, but there's a, a, a sequence in the first season where one of the characters, Roy, is, is it? Like is he really the one who's just who's very, who's very hot but very angry looking all the time with yeah, anger issues, yeah, yeah. and he's dating Juno something, Juno Temple, yeah. yeah. So um, he like really hates Ted's whole like Midwestern nice guy thing, and there's like a great exchange between two characters where one Ted's assistant is like, "Wow, he really hates us," and Ted's like. Wait until he wait until we win him over. He's really gonna hate us, and that's <laughs> like the that's the that character's growth is like such a fundamental part of that show. But that's sort of what happens here too. Of like you see it early with Tia, where she's just like you scumbum, I hate you, and it's like oh, she's really gonna hate it when he, when she realizes just that you wait, right but yeah, yeah. So th- that that I find really satisfying. Uh, but Buck's trying to avoid doing this new job working for his girlfriend. He feels kind of emasculated by this, obviously. Buck also basically funds his year by cheating once a year at horse racing, which seems insane. Like, I don't, I don't know what the mafia is involved in these days. I feel like less and less control, but horse racing in 1985 or eight, 88, whatever year this is, feels like there's probably still some mob connections. Seems like a good way to get your kneecaps cut off. Probably, probably. Uh, we get a late night phone call at the uh, uh, Tia and Maisie and everybody's house, and it turns out that their uh, grandfather had a heart attack. Their mom's father. Uh, so mom's father had a heart attack. Uh, and so they're like, okay, we got to go right now. We moved away from him. We got to drive back. Who can we call to watch the kids? Oh, no, we're in a new place. We don't have anyone. Suddenly, what's our best option? It's Uncle Buck. And the mom is furious. Mom, about well, she's, this she's idea. talking about, like, that his trashy friends, she goes, that woman that sells tires. And I was like, that woman that owns her own business? Yeah. Like, it's super classist. It's super duper classist. And I don't think that's an accident. No, I'm just like, it's one thing if like we Shanice's character didn't have a job or whatever, but she owns yeah. a business and is trying yes. to hire Buck so that he can get his right. life on track. Like, right. Direct it the right way, yeah. ma'am. Yeah, this is a woman with multiple employees. Yes. You know what I mean? It's not It's not just like she's a CPA who runs her own firm and it's just her and she's like, oh, I'll bring Buck in to do some filing or something. Like, she has a business with multiple mechanics. She has to sign off like, on payroll. You know, we see her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I. It's super, super shitty that, like, it's very much like, oh, white collar looking down on blue collar, I, it, which is, I think is interesting. It doesn't ever get much more than that in the movie, but I do... Found, I found that very yeah, enjoy your world without tires, lady. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if she's providing vital service. And we get some really nice world building when they do call John Candy and he's talking to his brother. Yes, it's like one o'clock in the morning, We, th- I think. About if not later, take. like it's... Yeah, one or two a.m. But he's talking like, hey, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. I'm sorry about the bushes catching fire. I never should have put the barbecue so close. Like... These little nuggets yeah. of a story that I'm like, wait a minute, hang on. We yeah, never get yeah. a full story on that, by the way. Right, right, right. Well, it's like it, you got exactly enough of those details to be like, uh, why, it was your fault for trusting Buck. I don't know why you did that. Yeah. 
Um, he also has a hilarious like coughing, <laughs> clearing yeah. fit as soon as the call comes. And I uh, the two like really dumb jokes that I really like. One is him using the clapper and like even the cub sign is <laughs> his clap activated. It's like everything, yeah. And then they have their conversation. Um, you know, hey Buck, I need your help. Okay, I'm gonna come. And he hangs up the phone. And he turns to the wife and he's like. He was asleep, which is a good sign. <laughs> That's such a good joke. <laughs> a really nice delivery uh, and line there. Well, I also like in the next scene, Buck is packing to leave and he, he calls Shanice. And we only see it from his side where he's clearly yes. getting cut off. He's like, let me, let me just, let me just, yeah, if you just, if yes. I could just, let me just. For, and it goes on for like 40, 30 to 45 seconds, which sounds like it would be too long, but is just the right amount yeah. of time to be hilarious. I have a feeling, and I have done no research on this, but I feel like we've watched another John Candy movie where he does this same bit, and I Probably. wonder if it was like, I wonder if it was like a Second City sketch, because I like, couldn't oh, you see maybe. like a live sketch comedy thing, like uh, one half of a fight on the phone, and it's just like John Candy comes out for 30 seconds, he does that, people laugh, Fill some time, boom, yeah. roll the next sketch in. Let Catherine then, O'Hara change wigs. Yeah, yeah. And then- 10 minutes, 20 minutes later in the show, more of a fight happening on a phone. And John Candy comes out, does the same bit again, big, big laugh, same thing. And like, and then the third one is like just the one where he finally gets like, I need to, to and uh, oh, they hung up, you know, click. And then, ah, you know, like I could see that being yeah. a really good runner in a sketch uh, show. So I'm, I've, I'm curious if that is, if that has any roots like that. He also gets uh, attacked by his closet, which I like a lot. Always fun. Closet avalanche. And uh, so we we see the Buckmobile, and it's this like complete POS, and he's trying to remember the kids' names and ages, and it's just like <laughs> could not be more <laughs> off. Which makes me wonder how long ago the barbecue story was. Was well, it like, he goes T has got to be at least nine, maybe ten, and T is yeah. probably seventeen, sixteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least sixteen. Although she doesn't have a driver's license, and it's kind of a point of contention. So seventeen seems in play as well. Yeah. Uh, wrong house, classic classic gag here. He's ringing the wrong doorbell. Love that bit. Uh, and uh, finally, we get in the right house. He's talking to the mom, and he's like, "I quit cigarettes. I'm onto cigars. And then I'm gonna go to pipe tobacco, and then nic- nicotine gum. I'm on a five year quitting plan, which is just like such a classic. Like you have zero plans to quit. Get off of it. Yeah." And she's like saying, I'll leave you some blank checks. And he starts to be like, no, I'll pay. And then he, there's the realization that like, wait, I don't know if I have money. I yeah, I definitely can't pay for all these children. She clearly hates him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also really love that his like first question is, do you have a plunger and where is it? It's like, this is a man who has clogged a toilet. I mean, l- hey, look, because some houses, I know people. That they have one plunger and it's like in their their basement cleaning supplies section, and I'm like, yeah, hey, no, you, you yeah. there should be a plunger at every toilet. Yeah, exactly. And they seem like the family that would have one plunger in the basement sure. for yeah. the cleaning people. Yeah. Still in the wrap. No, I was. Just, I don't think it's still in the wrap, but I think it's for the cleaning people. Like th- they use it. Uh, well, you don't need to. Cl- I mean, yes, that, that you're saying these are dainty poopers is what yeah, you're trying to uh-huh. get at. Bugs a big pooper. Yes. <laughs> well, this is uh, exacerbated by the fact that he apparently has a craving for cheese constantly, like a big mouse. So well, I mean, maybe hey, he's getting I hear that. Up. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted a like 
a moment where mom is like, look, you're only here because you are the only option kind of thing. She sort of gets there when she's like, I'm very nervous about this or very scared about this. I forget what the exact word she uses. When, is, is this when she's, when does she say that? Oh, is that on the phone? But no, because on the I phone she ahead? says, I'm very comforted that you're there. Like she, she's clearly. No, I, I thought she said the opposite of that. No, I mean. It, that's, she starts that, crying. That's why I was confused that she was crying, but still trying to say like, I, I, I'm, I'm, com- I'm secured knowing you're there or something. I thought she says, I'm concerned knowing you're there. Maybe she did. Maybe I miss her. But I swear she says, because I was like, this is a weird that because his response to that is like, oh, well, uh, thank you. Like, he doesn't respond in a way that's like tries to reassure her. I, yeah, I, I took that as him being like stunned into silence. I wonder what the actual line is, because our, our, this is one of the rare times when it's not like, oh, I thought it was this. You thought it was that. And we're like kind of shading it's like you and I think literal opposites yeah. of what the line was. So uh, we'll, we'll tweet at us. Well, I wonder if it's on IMDb. It must be. I mean, somewhere. I, yeah, I, I think it, I think that he does the like, oh, uh, I don't even know how to respond to that. But uh, you can look it up. I think that's what you're doing. <laughs> and I will uh, keep going. Uh, there's also a great moment between the two of them where they they go to leave. Buck's like, don't you have nothing to worry about? He tries to give her a kiss on the cheek and she just recoils from him. It's not even like a like a little move away. It's like, a, oh, no, absolutely not. Also, part of the reason I think it's what I said is there's been she was concerned when she left. And then the daughter was like between those things. The daughter is like he's beating your children, basically. So there's really been nothing to assuage her fears. OK, pull the movie up and put the subtitles on. But that would take oh several minutes. I'm going to pretend we got word from a producer like we're a, a big famous podcast <laughs> for confirmation. And I didn't just pause. Un- I didn't just mute my mic and scrub through the movie. Uh she says, I'm very, I feel very secure knowing you're there. Thank you. She's crying while she says it. So it's clearly like a mixed thing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But I'm like, if she hates him so much, which is fine. Like that's allowed to be the character choice. Yeah. It felt like there needed to be a like, look, you are not my first choice for this job. Sure. Or, or, or also just like have a bit where like she talks to Miles and Maze. Cause like, I'm not sure that I'm not sure the timeline when that happens in the movie, but like Maisie actually Miles never interacts with her parents. Yeah, it's crazy. I also thought about that. But it's just like have the moment where the two of them are like, Mom, this has been so much fun. Like, we're doing great. Also, I got an A on my test, you know, like to, to show that like he's making us do our homework and he's making us do our stuff, you mm-hmm. know, that like he's acting responsibly. A person, it's like he he steps up. He's making them do chores, like wash the dishes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's he's like he's putting me to work around here or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think and you can see the like seeds of Home Alone in Macaulay Culkin's yes. performance oh, here. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like him at the dishes. I like Mandela affected myself for a second. I was like, oh, there's a shot of him at the dishes lip syncing to this like doo-wop-y song or whatever yeah. he's listening to. Yeah. And I was like, nope, yeah. you are thinking of the bathroom scene <laughs> in Home Alone. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, I also love great like physical comedy gag with Candy where he gets the antique plate and he drops oh, it. So and he's good. like, oh, it's un- unbreakable. And then smashes it on the piano. <laughs> Just like great stuff. So good. And also the follow up to that where he's on the phone with her. He's like, where would you where would you find a plate like that? Oh, it's old. Oh, like an antique shop downtown. Maybe like he's very, <laughs> oh, in London. Like, Got it. <laughs> yeah. It's so very obviously just like you can see you can't see her on the other end of the phone, but you can see her being like, oh, my God, he broke the fucking, <laughs> you know, cut to him making breakfast. And honestly, looks pretty good. 
Yeah, it's not a it's not a perfect omelet. It's more of a scramble, but some nice yeah. looking eggs. With it's, peppers a fill, and it's a it's a it's a filling scramble, which is fine. A scramble with fillings, I should mess. say. Yeah, it's a it's mess. A mess. Uh, oh, I love a mess. A, a place uh, a diner near where we grew up would make a like a broken omelet with all sorts of stuff in it, and they always called it. a Well, mess. apparently that's a thing. I googled because I I like looked at I was like looking for something. I was like, what exactly was it? And I tried to look it up online. And when I was doing so, I was like, wait a minute. A mess is not something that like they coined and made up. It's just like a very common mm. like dinery kind of. Yeah. It's like ha- it's like hash browns, eggs, onions, cheese and fillings. Yeah. It's it's like most a lot of times diner omelets are kind of like a egg burrito. Yeah. And they just mix everything together. Mm hmm. But it's like a complete balanced breakfast from a breakfast commercial. It's he's got the eggs yeah. and toast and half a grapefruit and a wedge of orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing all right in terms of breakfast. It's a nice breakfast. Of course, Tia hates it and she turns Miles and Maisie about it. Although Macaulay does have the he's cooking our garbage, which is a good one. Pretty, you know, good line reading. Um, also, I love Tia being like. When I come back down from brushing your sister's hair, I'll fix you some cereal. I'm like, fix is a Girl. strong I, I will say, that as I was watching the beginning. because Poor, I think, <clears throat> is the word you want here. I forgot how quickly John Candy stands up to Tia. And I was like, yes. truly what she, like, this should have been, this should, the remake of this movie, because they've tried it, they tried to make two TV shows out of this movie. So a, a movie remake is coming yeah. eventually. Yeah. Gunkle Buck. <laughs> and he has just like, he's like. Oh, you're a mean girl. Cute. Watch this and just like read her to filth. Are you? So you're basically doing queer eye for my brother's children. Kind of, yeah. But then, because like I have a few plot points later that I was like, oh, in Gunklebuck, this could have become this. <laughs> the problem with it is, I don't think people will buy a gay person as an unput together slob. Oh, which is sort of that's key to the Uncle Buck. But that experience. is thanks to the only good. Only the good uh, stereotypes that make it into film and television. But believe you me, we are messes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, of course there are. We're rotted. Every every person, every category you could put a person into within that category, there is a broad spectrum of people. Like, of course they are. But it's like one of the few, as you said, positive stereotypes is like a gay person in a movie is always like a fairy. Yeah, they're like a fairy god. Well, I think 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 Gunklebuck would be a bear. To be in sure, line with that, yeah. and so he's he's not going to be as like waxed and and polished and pumped and gymmed and Botox. Like, no, get a, get that yeah, shit out of yeah. here. I don't want Aaron Samuels yeah, playing yeah. Gunklebuck. <laughs> Give me Damien. Let Damien. I want Damien to play Gunklebuck, not Aaron Samuels. Damien from Mean Girls. Oh, oh, Daniel, oh, Daniel Franzese. I thought you meant the Omen. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. What does he look like now? I don't know anything about this. No. No, Damien to play a It's all Buck. for you, Uncle Buck. <laughs> but yeah, because like the Gunkle, when the, when the teen girl tries to be like, I'm not talking to you, I'm drinking black coffee. It's like, cute girl, we're not playing this game. Yeah. Whatever yeah. you think you can it, do it, to just, me. Just the pure. Already like... happened and I got over it and then I retaliated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, he's just like, I am on the thinnest device. I'm going to do this well. Like, I have a chance here to yes. do a thing that's going to be meaningful, and I'm going to take it. Like, I never do this, and I'm for once, I'm actually going to do it. Which is, like, right from Jump Street, he kind of explains the thesis of this movie. Um, 
I, there's also the great sequence here. And I was reading, I read this in the trivia, which I thought was really sweet. Um, there's the back and forth rapid fire with Macaulay Calkin and John Candy, where it's like, uh, what do you do for a living? Uh, Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. Why not? Don't need one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you married? Long story. You have kids? It's a longer story. Like going back and forth. Um, apparently it was very challenging for Macaulay Calkin because they basically shot like each of them, the close-ups on either side and then the, the, the wide. And so, uh, John Candy was standing off camera holding cue cards for him. Oh, I thought he was giving his own lines, but that makes more sense. Yeah, he was he like he wrote cue cards for Macaulay Calkin because he was having a hard time. So he was like, I'll just I'll, I got you. And he like got paper, poster, whatever he got. And like he wrote all of Max lines and then just like flipped through them for him, which I thought was I super cool. That. Also, that audio. I think I mentioned this. I mean, he's like a various just as like a very established comedy actor. Like he doesn't ha- like some assistant on the film could have done that job. Right. Yeah. And instead, he's like, no, I got this. Like I'm making sure this kid is represented well and stuff. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, but but yeah, that that audio of the question exchange. I think I mentioned this last candy DM, but that audio has become like went sort of viral on like Instagram and TikTok and stuff of like oh, okay. me talking to a child, uh, like me a childless millennial talking to a child or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, he drops the kids off at school. The car is insane and has the backfire that sounds like an explosion, which probably not a good joke in 2023 yeah, but works just fine in 1888 know, because it's not uh, ever done that like everyone is scared of it yes, but everyone yes. is always looking at the car when it makes the no- it's never it's yep, never played yep. as it's a gun joke because then i don't like it right but, right or a bomb yeah, yeah yeah but he threatens tia he's like if you stand me up today i'm gonna drive you to school in my bathrobe and slippers and i'll walk you to class <laughs> have a pleasant day yes he also goes i'll pick you up at four and i'm like buck there's no way school is over at four what are you talking what what is this girl's not i was gonna say she's definitely not in extracurriculers no uh he drops the uh, the other kids off um he's talking with um with shanice and this is where i said like this exchange feels very much like he clearly loves her and cares about her he's just not taking the relationship as seriously as he should yeah yeah uh, he's eating cereal and watching Jazzercise, which is a thing I definitely did before school sometimes. I, well, I was watching Transformers Beast Wars when I was up. I, I There was definitely like, you know, a variety of things that I watched, but I definitely remember the Disney Channel early in the morning had like exercise stuff. Really? That seems I, I'm weird. I'm almost positive. I know, but I, I remember it being like sort of aimed at getting your kid to be active. Oh, sort of was guy. it like Mickey Mouse I, does ex- exercise or like real people? I don't remember Mickey being there, but the vibe of the thing I remember is like a woman in like a spandex outfit and like doing like a cool down and there being like a song for the cool down, which I feel like would not have been on a program for adults. Probably like not. they wouldn't have been like cool down. Cool. That does feel, that does feel like more, I just, more youth yeah. teen oriented. Yeah. So that's why I assume. But also I was not doing the exercise. I was watching other people exercise and eating Pop-Tarts. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was Transformers Beast Wars was my morning show of choice. Uh, also, I love the vacuuming the crumbs off his own shirt. Also brilliant. Genius move. Yeah. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah. And this is this is one of the nice moments of like bachelor nonsense. Macaulay Calkin starts unpacking his lunch and it starts. What normal. is the second thing he pulls out? The I I don't know. So he, there's a can of sardines. So he pulls out a, a, a mason jar of milk and mm. then 
a round thing in a sealed bag with liquid in it. Like normally a pickle yes. comes in, but it's yes. round. Yeah, yeah. It's like an apple. Yeah. And then I think it's like uh there's also a can of sardines and I think a banana. You know the like chocolate orange you get that comes uh-huh. in like, I, a I used to wrapper. love those back when I like like chocolate and orange together. This looks like if you took a clementine and peeled it and then like canned it in syrup and then poured that into a bag. Kind of. Yes, yes, yes. Like a peeled clementine in its uh, in syrup is what it looks like. Uh, an, a real sad moment at home. Buck is cut out of the wedding photo. Well, folded back. He's, he's not. Like a, they didn't fully cut. It's not I, good. But I mean, he he's not in it. No, but if you you cut someone, you black someone out. Like those are permanent. Sure, but this photo has a crease in it. It's not like you can like uncrease it and it looks fine. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like this photo is never going to be displayed another way. Also, there the kid's dad was daddy with that mustache. Because at one point, Buck says, oh, where's the mustache? Did you make you shave it? And then we see this mustache, and I'm like, shame on her for making him shave that. It's 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 quite a broom hand. Uh, uh, a push, push broom. broom. Push broom. That's what I was. Couldn't get that in my, out of my head. Then out of my mouth in the right way. Uh, Gabby Hoffman has a big standoff where she wants to sleep in the same bed as Buck, which he obviously is against. Um, this is where Macaulay's doing the dishes and we see him with like the rubber glove standing on a stool and scrubbing the plates and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he talks to mom. Tia is just straight up lies. To oh, we also mom mean bug. We meet being... bu- uh, Tia's boyfriend bug briefly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Buck has a like... great joke. <laughs> Ever hear of a ritual killing? <laughs> or when he finds out what his name is and he asks if his last name is spray. That's so good. Uh, I, he's, he's got like a very interesting mishmash cause he's got the beret. So it's like, he's sort of the arty, mm-hmm. you know, bad boy boyfriend, but they sort of want to play him like a James Dean type. And I feel like this guy doesn't <laughs> Girl, have James is, Dean He's vibes. handsome, but he is like, yeah, he's not dressed in a James a Dean way. Boy. Right. Well, he's also, he's a soft boy. This is, this is not a rugged, you know, he's, he's rough, smoking imported cigarettes cause he thinks he's cool. I, I was going to say a pipe. No, that would be more like, like early an 2000s. An early 2000s kid would sure. be smoking a pipe. In the, in the 80s, it yeah. was like, these are French cigarettes. Yeah, Turkish. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Tipped in gold or some bullshit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Tia lies to mom. This is where Tia lies to the mom, yeah. I forget exactly what she says, but she says he's like Oh, he drinks. Uh, he he oh, left yes, the kids alone. Yes. Uh, we also, before... Around the same time, we get uh, the toothbrush test line, which you've used, you said. Yes. So I I, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before. Maybe I have. But uh, in college, I was uh, dating a woman whose sister had kids. And the kid was a very sweet kid. And he he was fun. And I I don't forget how old he was at the time. But he he was like, yeah, I brushed my teeth. And I just did the line straight out of the movie. And he went all moon eyed. Like he had brushed his teeth, but just like this <laughs> at the idea worked. that it was possible. Yeah. 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 And his mom was like, okay, uncle Buck. And I was like, well, he doesn't know it's a reference. <laughs> it's like it's new to him working on him. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, you know, she cracked up at that and it was, we were both laughing, but I was just like, clearly this was working. You didn't have to, you didn't have to tell him it was not true. What's the worst thing that happened? He brushes his teeth more. Yeah. Um, also apparently their dog only eats once a day, which seemed like in my experience, that seems twice weird. a day at least. Yeah. Yeah. You get a breakfast sure. and a dinner. Um, Buck also runs down with the mom of like the scene you were checking to to see 
uh, we were talking about earlier. He's like, I've been just leaving the toilet seat up for the dog. And she's, you can, you don't actually hear her half of the conversation, but can we do cut to her sometimes of just like, Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. But on this one, we don't get that. You just get candy doing like a realization phase where clearly she's like, please stop doing that and put water in the bowl. (laughs) He's just like, Oh sure. Right. Poop and pee goes in there. It's probably pretty filthy. Well, and it's the blue water. That was famous in, oh, that's in the right. 80s that's and 90s. Right. That's so right. like people don't use as much anymore. Yeah. And he's also been feeding the dog four or five times a day. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing with animals is that they don't stop. If you put food in front of them, they'll keep going. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, uh, my wife pointed this out, but it's accurate. The mom has sort of like a mullet thing happening. She does. Only from certain angles. Like it's it's like it's like half of it is real mullety and half of it is like grown out past the it's, mullet state. It's kind of like how Carol Brady almost had a mullet. Yes, yes, M- mullet adjacent. Mullet, mullet. Yes. Uh, we get a cute little montage of the kids in Candy's bed, and he he goes on the floor. They follow him. They get back in the bed. It's yeah. it's cute. It's very very cute. And it's like oh, the kids love this guy already. Like he's he's doing a good job with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laurie Metcalf shows up to the house dressed like the fortune teller in The Wolfman. But she's like the saucy neighbor. <laughs> yes, but she's not dressed like sexy. She's dressed like a fortune teller in a black and white movie. Or she looks if like she's she ready to go skiing. Like, if she'd opened the door and been like, Buck, you need a knife with a silver The man handle. who says his prayers like, by day. Exactly. Or whatever the hell. Like, we, oh, that is the line we can never. That That is our Achilles heel on this podcast. Well, this is a problem. I, I have seen the scene in the Sandlot X, uh, 10, 12, 50 times more than I have seen the scene in The Wolfman, which is a movie that is like fine, but not, you know, one that I'm frequently going back to. The Sandlot or, or The Wolfman? No, the Sandlot I enjoy. I haven't watched the Sandlot in a long time, but they they have the scene in the Sandlot where it's just her going a knife with a silver handle or a bullet. You know, you know like it's it's the only part that I get, and also mine kind of sounds like Dracula, which is which fine. Is probably the same accent. I'm sure that's. Well, I'm also trying to avoid the leading into the racist trope of that character. Yeah. So, oh, did I tell you that uh, there there was a a Wendy Pfeffercorn and squints on Halloween when we went to my boyfriend's like gym people party? Oh, nice. Uh, no, that's great. A uh, friend of mine uh, showed me a picture of a friend of theirs, a couple that does elaborate costumes every year, and they went as the Wet Bandits. No way! Um, one, I, I took a picture of her phone like a true Grampy, but I will send it to you. They, they, the woman has the uh, the iron on her face <laughs> and the and the and the thing in her foot, and the other one is Pesci with the with the M in his palm. It's very. Did good. they? Did Pesci have the like? The hat that yeah, was he had a, open the, in the top, the burnt hat. Yeah, yeah. I've told my boyfriend that I was Very like, I wish stuff. we were we had more of a height and or size difference between us because yeah, it feels yeah, weird yeah. to be the wet bandits when we're like same height, same build. Yeah, yeah. You need a classic tall, skinny, short, heavy. Yeah. Uh, this is where we fi- Lori suggests that Buck is going to have to be there for three weeks, which seems ludicrous yeah. to me. Although I guess with a heart attack, you never know. Yeah, I just it's like. I I don't know what the situation is, but if it's going to be three weeks, it's like you, you need to communicate that to Buck after three days yes. of being like, hey, we're in for a long haul here. This has gone from like a favor to I don't even know what, but like a bigger, a, a bigger big, thing. A big old ask. Also, I feel yeah. like Laurie Metcalf doesn't look like she looks very different in this movie. 
She does. The hair is very different. It changes the shape of her face drastically. Mm-hmm. She's often short haired. Like, uh, obviously, Roseanne, she has short hair, but she has short hair and scream too, as well. Oh, that's right. I forgot she was, she's uh, Billy's mom, or she's. Spoilers. Yes, she's Mama Luke. The real spoiler is those fucking micro bangs on Courtney Cox. <laughs> I think that's three, but it spoils the whole movie. That's three. Okay. Okay. Also, everybody has a red tint in their hair in three for some reason. Oh, really? I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah. I still love the 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 morons online that are, that I literally read an article that said you could not possibly organically bring Sydney back into the movie, but Stu Mocker, who definitively <laughs> died from a tube TV and electrocution, yes, could be back and alive. It had been a long time. It hadn't been a long time. It's been a year, but I didn't remember the TV death all that well. He doesn't just like get a TV dropped on his head while he's laying on the floor. He does body twitches from the electricity. Like, he does, like, and there's still people yeah, online yeah, yeah, that are I like, know. "You don't know anything." Yeah. He clearly could. He clearly could have survived that. I'm like, "Bitch, where?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would be fine with it. Part of a scream is being ridiculous, so it's. Fine. I love Matthew Lillard, I, so honestly, like, I'm not going to complain about more Matthew Lillard. Yeah. It's just let's not pretend yeah. that you couldn't bring Sydney back, but you could bring him back. I was 100% certain that at the end of five, the door was going to open up and there was going to be Dewey in a hospital gown with a pistol. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they they got yeah, one. They did not do that. But I was like, surely this is when the door opens up and he saves the day and then collapses. Or he or they would have done. He would open the door and he's holding his uh, IV bag like the mask yeah. in the first one. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he has to have a gun, too. Anyway. Uh, there's enough scream talk. We'll get to scream one day, maybe. Maybe it's a fun um, movie. I love that movie. It's a wonderful movie. Drew Barrymore. Uh, Buck threatens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who? who <laughs> I didn't do this. <laughs> I swear to God, we don't have to do it. Like an but... engineered thing. But I, I texted Andrew a picture because I was at Walmart and Drew Barrymore has her own air fryer, and I was just like, why does this exist? And also, all I can think of is you doing a Drew Barrymore impression and just saying things like, ultra crispy, and I just was laughing in the Walmart. People probably thought I was an insane person. You'll stream for the crispiness that comes from this air fryer. This air, <laughs> the, the food comes out of here, it's never been kissed by oil. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't think of another so, like, easy one to work in there. Those are the two that I got. You'll scream for these French fries. Um, anyway, uh, he threatens to shave Tia's head because she won't go bowling. Um, Buck has a fantastic personalized bowling ball. It's great. I really love this. I honestly want to see, because obviously Buck is on a bowling team. There's like, yeah, no, that's the no thing. I was like, how is he not like, like clearly in a league? Yeah, he absolutely is. And I was like, where's like, it's fine for Buck to be like, maybe it's like practice night or whatever. But like, show me Buck's teammates, because like, clearly he's got the the shirt with his name on it. He's got his own ball. Like, I would love to have seen his teammates, the, you know, uh, I just completely forgot the thing the I Kingpin? was going to say. But I want, I want Buck's little gang. I want his like little, his little cadre. Yeah, his, of, his of, friend should have, that, his friend that he meets as a bowling alley should have been in the, in the group. And then there's also like yes, an added element of the other guy, the guy who hits on Tia. I'll get to it in a second. Like he's in a rival yeah. bowling team. Like yes, yes. And and this is a joke that would be on a Bob's Burgers, but I don't care. You can put it in this movie. I want their opponent to be the Holy Rollers, and it's nuns and priests. Yes, or not, maybe not their opponent, but like someone else in the bowling alley. 
They're also in the league. The, yeah. Uh-huh. The next week we got the Holy Rollers. Yeah. I don't know why, but this this toothpick bit sequence, whatever, yeah. has stuck in my brain since I first saw 100%. it. Hundred percent. Have you have you tried to do? No. It? God no. Oh, I've definitely tried to do it. Uh, I, there was a time in my life when I could. Now I get like jaw pain if I do. <laughs> Does I, it like, click too? Bite the. It, no, it just cramps. So then it's like, ah, okay, you're gonna get stabbed. Stop this. Uh, but there was a time in my life when I could do, actually do it. Um, but. <laughs> It's such a good, I think what it is, is the first one as a kid, you're like, oh, that was kind of cool. And then immediately it gets stuck and you're like, ah, no, never mind. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't ever do Which this. Which is probably why I never, I never aspired to do that. Yeah. Yeah. His buddy Rod shows up and is like, hey, uh, uh, there's a, I thought he said it was a boat race. No, it's horse racing. I re- a boat race, I think, is that he does say boat race, but I think it's like a racing term. Like a God, because like I was like, I definitely wrote I, boat race, and I feel like boat versus horse is a big. I don't. I don't think I need to go see a I neurologist. Means, I swear they said boat. I, yeah, he does. I think it's like a. I think it's like an insidery term that we just don't know because neither of us knows anything about horse racing. It'd be like if I started dropping wrestling nerd lingo gotcha. right now, like. But so, like that also. It's so funny that they're like, in every movie, it's like, you can't bring kids to a horse track. And like, you don't think kids would fucking lose their mind to watch horses race? Like, it's so funny that that became a thing in the world. But I think you're thinking of like Kentucky Derby, like big time horse race. That's like a social event. Whereas this is like degenerate gamblers before there was casinos everywhere. This was the only outlet for degenerate gamblers. Okay. I guess that makes sense. So I think that's that's what you're missing as an element. Because, like, I bet nowadays they're probably still kind of a bummer, although most of them that I've seen have slots now, too. But, like, before gambling was just, like, as widespread as possible. And it still kind of boggles my mind that there's, like, the football gambling and and sports gambling yeah. is, like, done on apps and, adverti- and like, is, like, promoted during football games now is kind of insane to me. Because, like, Dual King sports 10 years fan. before. Or whatever yeah, the fuck. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like it's just ubiquitous now. And I, I, I was, I was actually talking about this with a younger coworker of mine. Of like, do younger people find this insane? Like, it's crazy to me how how aggressively they're marketing gambling, which is a very destructive activity for a lot of people. Like, not the you know, not that people can't enjoy it responsibly and stuff, but it's just it's just crazy. Yeah, well, that's why all the commercials ha- say gambling problem. Call yeah, whatever one eight hundred gamble one eight hundred pa gamble. Something like that? There, there's usually yeah there's usually state services and stuff but yeah i just i think you're because gambling is so ubiquitous now i think you're just uh, not seeing it from the point of view of then of like oh it was for degenerate losers yeah much like i'm sure you've gone to a casino and seen how sad it is there frequently oh yeah well i just meant in general it's just funny that like the idea that like kid like kids love animals and like horse races mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. that feels very like yeah a kid would love to see that yeah yeah, I think in the abstract, you're correct. But in this case, Buck is trying to cheat at horse racing. Well, ob- so obviously. Little... I just meant in general. I thought it was a funny thing that uh, culturally we all decided, like, you can't bring kids to the horse track. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get the giant pancakes for Miles' birthday. Kind of crazy that mom and dad don't call. It, it is like, weird. We don't see it in the movie. Yeah. I also like that it's like a box of butter stuck together on the top of that pancake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also uh, was looking to see if anybody had actually done this, like, you know, in a binging with Babish or somebody like that. Oh. And the only video I found was from, like, 
12 years or more ago on YouTube, like 360p, I think was the max resolution here. Was it, um, and they got Harley Morenstein or what? I don't remember this channel. No, 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 no. This I'm, I'm talking about like first year and a half of YouTube when it was just like people uploading vacation videos and oh. stuff like early YouTube. Okay. And this is just like a bunch of friends who liked uncle buck getting a giant bowl and making Bisquick pancakes. And they got a big piece of metal built a, fire burned it down to charcoal put cinder blocks at the corners put the metal on top and made the giant pancakes one at a time i would love to like go to a diner at like 4 a.m when it's empty there's no one there and be like hey can you make (laughs) me pancakes the size of your griddle (laughs) yeah as big as you can make um the clown shows up uh he gets punched out by buck because he's drunk good this is where i said gunkle buck would would end up calling his drag queen friends yeah. See, the problem with Gungle Buck is the dumbest people alive would hate it. Yeah. And then it would be exhausting. You know, is the problem with Gungle Buck. Eat shit about it. I, I'm not, not you, saying you're wrong. But- I know. Yeah. I, 100%. I agree. I'm just saying it would be exhausting because that's what it would be. I love the idea. Because uh, for some reason, I was like, the- it's interesting that the, the clown bit happens, but it doesn't, like, I'm shocked Uncle Buck didn't have to put on face paint. Like, it's yes. weird that it just well, stops. I I think that there must have been something about that because the kid is like, clowns suck. I'm too old for this. Mm-hmm. So the, I don't know if it was like, a, we don't have time to actually shoot that anymore or something like it clearly is building to Buck being the clown and then it doesn't do that. Yeah. So I, I also was curious about that. I, I wonder what the reason was. Maybe John Candy was just like, I don't want to be the clown. I'm not putting on makeup. Yeah. Uh, we're at a makeout party with Bug. Tia is um, being pressured into intimacy. Yes, which is a recurring theme with Bug because he's a real piece of shit. Uh, Buck is on the hunt for him and finds him, uh, finds them at this party. The big backfire happens, and he's like, "Oh, Tia, I thought you'd want to get some ice cream with us." And it's funny to me is like she very clearly wants to be rescued in this instance, mm-hmm. and instead is like furious at buck well it's also interesting if you look at the scene before where the guy the toothpick guy is hitting on her in the bowling alley and like it's a very clearly unwanted interaction but it's a really great way to show that like oh she is a child and she she talks a big game and people that she feels like she has power over but as soon as it's like the real world she's like she's not she's not coming back with the smart aleck quips and she's not like being sassy and rude and shutting people down absolutely yeah absolutely it's a good that's a good observation um but uh, this buck says that he's buck says he could circumcise a gnat with his hatchet this whole really hatchet threat. threat monologue is like both yeah. brilliantly written and brilliantly performed like it is the perfect intersection yes. of writing and performance absolutely he's talking about like shaving a little off a kneecap <laughs> he was going like a little off the shoulders yeah 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 it's it's a comedy version of a horror monologue it is basically it's it's very like there's a you could recut this in such a way as to feel like a horror movie this there's a bunch of scenes in this movie you could do a reverse that thing of like when they turned the shining into like a family drama yeah and jaws into a romantic comedy mary poppins into horror you could absolutely cut uncle buck into a horror movie instead of a comedy which i would still have watched by the way yeah um, really great quip from the kids where they're kissing. She sticks her tongue down Bug's throat to say goodbye. And I think it's Macaulay who's like, well, that's stupid during flu season. <laughs> yes, it's so funny. 
Uh, and then the next scene is one of like my favorite, probably one of my favorite movie scenes. Like that it plays in my yes. head. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a great version of a classic movie trope, which is the slob dressing down an authority figure and actually doing so successfully because like, you know, in real life, this is not really how this goes down usually. No. Um, but I, the setup for it is also brilliant because Buck is in the school still smoking a cigar going like, oh shit, I, I shouldn't do this. this. Yeah. And then going in the bathroom and the stalls are all tiny. And uh, I don't know. I don't think I've told this one on the podcast, but when I worked at the newspaper, uh, elementary school teacher reached out to me and asked if I would like talk to the kids about being a reporter. And I was okay. like, yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah, so I went and did that, and it was like, my colleagues were like, are you going to tell them to do this job? And I was like, well, they're five, so I don't think, it, you know, six, whatever, however old they were. I get to ask people questions and write yeah. stories, like, it's, just give right. them on a base yeah. level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, they don't need to get, like, told that journalism is a dying industry, <laughs> they're a little young for that. <laughs> um but I had this exact same thing happen where I went to use the bathroom in the elementary school, and they were child-sized, and I did, like, I... Struggle. There wasn't an adult they, bathroom. No. The, uh, so the the bathroom I went into was all child sized. Okay. I bet there's like an adult, like a teacher's bathroom. There's the teacher's lounge probably has a bathroom in it, but obviously I don't have access to that. Yeah. But I it was just like a how do, I didn't do the buck kneel on the floor. I went into a stall, but the buck stalls are all occupied. But even the stalls were child. It would have been. I, I, I th- kind of think it would have been funny if he tr- like opened the door and then there was the like the camera perspective of like oh i'm not gonna fit in this i cannot squeeze myself into here it's like too small and then he turns around and it's like the camera pans then pans down to the urinals yeah 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 or a a version of that joke where you don't have to have john candy be too big it's just he like tries all the doors and they're all locked yeah well i just meant in keeping with the theme of like i love the pan these are children this is a children's bathroom it's yeah um but this like dressing down the the assistant principal is so good, and it always reminds me of my fifth grade science teacher. <laughs> Which I don't know if I told uh, that story on the pod. I I don't know. You could tell it if you'd like. I, I will also say this woman is brilliantly cast and brilliantly dressed. Oh, she's perfect to a T. Um, yeah. But I had a, a science a science teacher in fifth grade who like also did like i think intramural soccer coaching or whatever nonsense yeah yeah and like didn't like me because i let i didn't give a shit about soccer so i let my friends score goals because i was like who cares we're all having fun right yeah yeah because it was intramural it was not like this was a league or anything it was right 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 nonsense. it was like a desperately trying to get some physical activity for your kids yeah it was like, do you <laughs> do you need to leave your kids after school for 90 minutes, but there's no clubs that yeah. they like? Try this one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So he like coached that and then was the science teacher and um, didn't like me because of that. Like at one point during a co- parent teacher conference, he like brought that up to mom and dad and they were like, I'm confused how that has anything to do with his science education, but okay. Yeah. And uh, he would constantly like write things like he went time he had terrible handwriting and like tried to write like I can't read this but I also couldn't read we also couldn't read it and at one point yeah. dad wrote on one of my papers he was like call me and gave his office number and yeah the guy the teacher called him at like six in the morning when the teachers first get in thinking he's gonna be slick but little does he know our father was in there at 5 30 already and answered yeah. his own phone on the first ring. And like to this day, I've never gotten the exact details of that conversation. Yeah. 
but I always imagined it, but a little something like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, it turns out that dude was a fucking creep and got fired for being wildly inappropriate. Wait, what? Oh, girls. oh, shit. You're right. Yeah, so that dude fucking sucked, and he can go to hell. I forgot about that part of the story. (laughs) Beyond beyond your story, which is like kind of a funny anecdote about a teacher not being able to separate something irrelevant, he was a piece of shit. I totally forgot that. That was long. That that came out long after we were there. I think he was doing it when I was there. It just wasn't something he got fired. That's what I mean. Like it, like came to light. Yeah, yeah. I I remember it happening to a friend of mine. Oh shit! Like it was a thing that yeah. So. Fuck that guy. I don't know his first name or I would have blown him up. I do. I only remember his last <laughs> name. I only remember his last name. I remember is, both. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, fuck that guy. Um, I also, a uh, great thing about this scene, you know, you should just go watch it. Neither of us is going to do it justice with like, he just really reads this woman, the riot act. That's reads her silly for filth. Heart. Yeah. But I love, there's like a bunch of great um, directing and editing touches that really elevate this above an already great performance, both from Candy and this woman whose name I did not write down. Um, the the little boy in the vestibule who was like waiting to go in and John Candy was like, I'll go first. Maybe I'll soften her up. He is like having this like just pure joy. People can talk to the principal like this. <laughs> and and also just like someone finally gave this woman what's for. Uh-huh. It's just really beautiful. And it ends with him flipping a quarter and says, take this downtown, have a rat gnaw that mole off your face. Or that yes. thing. It's a mole, but. Yeah. That thing, yeah. bracket, mole, off your face. Yeah, yeah. And then we, they immediately after this, Buck is is like trying to bring in this cat. Uh, <laughs> From outside. It's, it's like outside the front door. Yeah. And he's like, who let the cat out? And they're like, we don't have a cat. And he's like, oh, and he throws it. And it, there's a great edit there to like the Felix clock afterwards. And uh, well, there's also right before that a moment of uh, sweet little voicemail, or they didn't call it that then. They left I left a message on her machine. Yeah, message on the machine. Yeah, um, is uh, where he left a message on Shanice's machine. We're like being very sweet and like saucy, but fun and like nostalgic. Yeah, yeah. So she calls the house, and this is where Tia picks up and ruins like attempts to like dive bomb this relationship by saying like mm-hmm. oh he's out every night with the neighbor across the street they we don't i don't know what time they get home like such a bitch yeah she she sucks sorry tia great performance great performance it's not you this it's the character sucks. yeah tia yeah. sucks not yeah jean louise yes G- jean louisa kelly there we go also again this this problem is solved with cell phones Oh, yeah. I mean, so many things are this is the, you know, a text, a picture of the kids doing something cute, you know, all that stuff. Um, also, uh, also sold by cell phones Enter the Internet is like, I can't get the Washington machine to open. Google, 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 YouTube, <laughs> learn how to open. Yeah. Uh, but Marcy comes into the house uninvited again while Buck is doing uh, laundry. I feel like and microwaving wet clothes is not going to dry them. No, it wouldn't at all. Well, though people say you can microwave herbs to dry them, so like I guess microwaves get the water like flash boil the water out, but I feel like it would ruin your clothes. But also, like it's not go- like it's no. You know what? I put a wet paper towel on top of my tortillas when I microwave them for taco night. Yeah, and the paper towel is drier when it comes out than it went in, so it does dry. But it's being transferred into the tortilla. I think the water. Right I think the moisture has to have somewhere to go. A lot of. Well, the microwave has a lot of fans in it to pull moisture out. That's sort of how they work. Yeah, but I just think I feel like the moisture has is like 
it's like when you put the lid on the boiling pot, like the water is contained, but if you take it off, the water level goes down. The microwave, the door is shut, so the water level it has to go somewhere in the microwave. That's what I'm saying is the microwave is so loud because it has a lot of fans sucking the moisture out of the, the, oh, okay. the box. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're dancing and it's truly insane. Like cr- she's like putting her crotch well, on what's his hilarious leg and is that it. everything up until Shanice walks in the room is far more damning. Mm-hmm. She walks in the room and they're basically like two teens on the Ed Sullivan show or like American yes, Bandstand, yes. like doing the, yeah. the twist or the mashed potato. Yeah, three yeah. feet apart. Candy is Candy is like like uh, elbows bent, so his hands are at his shoulders, and he's like snapping and slowly he's like doing, doing the twist. twist. Yeah, but it, they're three feet the apart. Least bit incriminating, right? So what Shanice walks in on and gets upset about, I'm like, I feel like it should have been yeah. reversed. That like it started innocent, and then she's trying and trying. Yes, and then Shanice walks in as Marcy is humping Buck's leg. Exactly, and then he, like, shoves her off. So Buck Buck's very sad here, obviously. Um Marcy doesn't know how to read the room. Yeah. And he he's like, Can you please leave finally? And then just kind of like walks upstairs. Uh Tia runs off. Well no, Tia she was supposed Tia to like tries it with Buck. She's like, I'm leaving, I'm going out with my friends tomorrow. This is my grandfather's doing okay. And Buck's like, No, you're you're not. Like Yeah. I'm in charge. And she Really tries it to be like, my parents don't like you. Also, I ruined your life, didn't I, when I told your girlfriend, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And it's like, well, you showed all your cards, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, the, like, Buck was like, you know, you said you would watch the kids. I have this important thing I needed. to When do. does so she say she would do that? Over. We never see that happen, I don't think. We don't see that happen. We don't see that happen. But it also just feeds into the whole thing of, like, Tia trying to screw Buck over at any, any chance she gets. Yeah. All of a sudden, they're calling him UB for Uncle Buck, and I'm like, yeah. it's real late I, to start introducing this. Yes, I I read a review of this on Letterboxd where somebody like really pithily wrote like UB is the king or something, and I was like, who the hell calls him UB? It turns out the characters in the movie I just didn't. But remember it's this. an hour and change into this movie, and yeah. it's like, well, hang on, you can't start that now. Yeah. yeah. Also, you're only saving one syllable. It's not really like a greatly useful nickname. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to think for a second. Uh, also, I don't get why Buck doesn't just have the friend make his bet for him. I guess because they're cheating, they need to have it be spread out a little more. But it just seems like he could have his friend, somebody could make this bet for him. Well, I guess he'd have to get him the, the check or however they, money. I don't know how. Yeah. And I guess uh, he so. probably doesn't really trust his friend to not just like screw him. Yeah, that's probably right. That's probably right. Not a lot of scruples to be found. Yeah. So this is like a big moment in the movie where Buck has the kids bundled up. He's going to take them to the racetrack. And then he realizes like, no, I can't do this. And he calls um, Amy Madigan for help. And we think, oh, he's calling her for help so he can go to the horse track. But actually, he's like, no, I'm worried about my niece. I got to go and find And he's her. fully honest with her because she she calls him out. She's like, oh, you're trying to go to the track because Raj already hit me up for money. And he goes, he says, I almost did. I had him in the back of the car. I just couldn't do it. But... Not not in these words, but I have grown as a human and I'm more concerned about my yes. family. Yeah, yeah. And so this is like sort of a big turn for both Madigan and Buck uh, here. Uh, I did not notice this in previous watches, but on the windshield of Buck's car is an abandoned auto sticker. <laughs> as if this car was just left somewhere by the side of the road and like was tagged by the police or whomever. That's funny. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Uh, so Shanice shows up at the house. And we get a real 
the seeds of Home Alone. Home Alone, absolutely, yeah. Um, I didn't get... Was, was there a magazine in her purse for the first bit where, like... Because he opens... Macaulay, she knocks and he opens the thing. He doesn't see her because she stepped to the side to look through the window. He, yeah. She knocks again. And when he opens it this time, there's, like, three pe- there's like people staring at him. So I didn't know if she had, like, a magazine. I think I think that's just, like, a... John Hughes always throws these weird jokes like that. And just, like, remember they turn into skeletons in planes, trains, and automobiles? And it's, like, oh, yeah. not the kind of movie where people turn into skeletons at all. But and the, like and the devil. one scene where they do it. Yeah. So I think it's just one of those, like, non-sequitur family guy, family guy style cutaways that he liked. Okay. But then McCoy, she's like, hi, I'm... I'm I'm Shanice Kobolowski. I'm, I'm Uncle Buck's friend. I'm here to watch you. And he goes, can I see some ID? Which is just very cute. Yeah. And then the, can you take it out of that, please? And she, take it out. God She's got damn bouncers. Yeah. 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 That one drives me crazy because I'm just like, my fucking beard is so gray. Are we really doing this? Like, I'm an old it's not like, fart. If, if really? they have the scanner and they have to scan it, I'm like, sure. That makes sense. Yeah. You're doing that for that. Yeah. But if you're just looking at it, like. If I look like me and I'm not 21, just let me in. Yeah. My life's already yeah. sad enough. Just let me in. <laughs> yeah. 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 If I'm 17 and I look like this, it's a bummer, my just friend. Take pity on me. <laughs> yeah. When we were in New Orleans, it was like, thankfully, none of that. It was like, I you had to show it at the bar. And I kept being like, do you have to take it out? And uh, like, they were like, no and i was like good that's i'm i'm way too old for this yeah i only take i only like i'm only fine with taking out if they have the scanner that they have to scan in yeah i i run into that at liquor stores pretty much primarily and even then i'm like jesus christ this is annoying the bigger problem is this is all about me my wallet i need a new wallet well and this this feels like the the, bigger quest the bigger statement here yeah (laughs) the the Behind the plastic see-through driver's license part is like a little piece of cloth. Mm -hmm. My wallet is leather, but this is just like fabric and it came off. And so taking the thing in and out is like 10 times more. I have to like take a credit card out, put it in perpendicular and slide it out. But again, the answer is like, just buy a new wallet. wallet. But I keep, right. But I, (laughs) I keep going wallet shopping and not finding anything I like. This has been like a year long. Are you a bifold or a trifold? Let me look at the wallets. A bifold but all the bifolds now have like a cop flip up where the it's like oh a, i've seen a bunch of those like yeah a, a, yeah i do it's like hugely bulky and already my wallet is too bulky so yeah i, I i've been struggling with this it's a, a very personal problem but really annoying for me to take my license out see i have a little a little zippy guy it's got like four cards on yeah. on the side and then a zippy pouch that i can keep a few things in and like folded up money but like i never have cash anyway so what do i need that pouch for yeah, yeah. The problem is I'm a maniac who has too many credit cards. But do you need them all at all the time? Yeah, because each one has different categories where the spending is best. You should just invest it. This You are a person who should just get the Apple Watch so you can scroll through all your credit cards and be like, this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If the, pr- the problem is I'm also a Luddite who doesn't trust technology. I know that, so but I feel really, like that's you pill. are a prime candidate for the uh, <laughs> on my wrist situation. <laughs> If I if I just trusted the technology like everyone else does, we'd be in a better. My life would be easier. I mean, Apple Pay has, has helped me out of a, a bind where I'm like, oh, I forgot my wallet, and I'm like, I don't have cash. Can yeah. I? And I, that was, I needed gas. I needed gas, and I didn't have my wallet. 
and I was yes. like, God damn it. I was like, like, like the time you and I returned a moving truck and you were following me in your car. Oh yeah. Both of us did not have our wallets and we had to, I had to beg a man for $2 at the gas station to put <laughs> gas in your car because we were not going to get home. I remember that. I forgot about that. I blocked that out. But yeah. I had to go inside yeah. and be like, and I was like, I cannot believe. Can I put $20 <laughs> on pump two with Apple pay? Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so Bug and we think Tia are upstairs. It's so well done. I, it, it's a fake yes. out. Spoiler alert. I, it is so perfectly done. Yes. Raging house party, the kind you only see in movies, like nuts to butts in here. The kind that I crowded. would never go to because I have too much anxiety. <laughs> this party is too crowded for me. This is not like a fun rager. This is like, oh, this is someone is going to get trampled because someone's going to scream at some point or a fight will break out. But I love Buck like trying to work his way through and like talk to these kids the, trying to find It's Bug the dance wiggle through a through a, a dance floor that I feel yes. like a lot of us have done. Yeah. The moving sure. wiggle. Yeah. And he's he's like, "Oh, have you seen Bug? Have you seen Tia?" And then at one point like a kid steals his hat and he gets all mad about it. We didn't ring up earlier. He has a hat that he says makes people angry. A fur trapper. It's like a fur trapper hat. Very funny. Yeah. Uh, but we think Tia is up there with Bug and the the girl in bed with Bug keeps being like, "Hey, I don't want to go I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this." And he's like, "Stop. Shut up. No, like it. stop. I don't want yeah. this." Yeah. Which is interesting so, that they made him actually a rapist and not just like a scummy guy who left her. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, we don't see him. We don't see him do anything physical in the movie, which is obviously well they, to the good I for mean, this movie. He's, I mean, I'm just saying we don't see him. Like we see him taking advantage of this girl in such a way that it's like, we know what's happening without having to see it is what I was trying to say. Yeah. They don't show, show it. It's, 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 it's not like last house on the left. Is no, what I was God. trying to get at, but I just feel like it's, it would be so much e- so easy for them to just have made it like they're going at it. And then Buck comes yeah. in the room and it's not Tia. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he cheated or he dumped her or whatever. But they right. like went full no. in like, no, no, he's a rapist. Well, especially because we saw him doing this with Tia earlier where she was like, stop. And he didn't stop. But earlier, it wasn't as aggressive, I feel like. It was more like no, this is coercion, way yeah. and this is more like, yes. I am ignoring what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Buck drills out the lock it's in the door. It's so good, this drilling. Yeah. Again, horror movie shit, though. Yeah. Shot and, and, and sound design like a horror movie. He drills the lock out of the door, uh, kicks it open. And it's, it's like the drill from this. Slumber Party Massacre. I was just going to say that. Yeah, the driller killer. I just watched this really awful horror movie, which I do not recommend with uh, Sylvester Stallone of all people. Um, Recent? It has, it's from like 20 years ago, but it's directed by the same guy who did I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, And the premise is like Stallone is a cop and there's this like killer taunting him and Stallone's soon i guess he doesn't actually propose but his fiance gets killed by the guy and so he gets like sent away to this place for uh therapy and such but the killer in this movie the first two kills he rings the doorbell and then when the person puts their eye up to the people he drills through the peephole which i was like oh shit that's a good one that's a good one it was really gnarly and like interesting for the first like 20 minutes then it's just all terrible so buck finds tia wandering the streets after an ominous turning the lights back off on Bug and, and drilling. Yes. Yeah. She admits he was right. He doesn't make her talk about it. He's like, I just want to get you home. Come on, kid. Yep. Yeah. And then the they're like 
starting to thaw a little bit in the car. She's like, are you going to tell my parents? He says, no. And it's like, oh, a little bit of crack in this armor. Like we, the, the, the chitinous outer shell of this girl is wearing away. Mm-hmm. Uh, he opens up about this his is where we learn about. Yeah. Eight years with Shanice is fucking nuts. Buck shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Come on. Um, and so like they have a cute little moment talking about his relationship and, and what he should do. And then she goes, what did you do to bug? And we find out he's in the trunk. <laughs> He's duct taped yeah, in the this, trunk. <laughs> Very funny. Love this scene. No notes. But holy shit, this is a felony. This is a crime. <laughs> this is a major crime. This is a major crime. This is not a little misdemeanor. You have kidnapped a teenager and put him in your trunk. And then <laughs> as he runs away, you got out your bucket of golf balls and started drilling Fuck. him with them. But also, yeah, let's, let's pause for a second. Shanice is an attractive woman. Who owns her own business? Mm-hmm. She should have her pick of the litter. Bug or Buck, rather. If you can't get, if you can't make it this work, like let somebody else in there. But she's a catch, baby. Yeah, she needs to believe in herself. I mean, not they, yeah. they end up together, whatever. But you know what I mean. Yeah, she. I mean, she. He shows enough growth that that she's ready to, you know, forgive his trespasses. But there's a lot of them if you've been going on eight years. Oh yeah, T- uh, I said Tina, Tia. Is yeah. laying because is laying on really thick with Shanice. First, she like admits that she lied, and then is starting yeah. to say like a few genuine things, but then goes like yes. really into a script. And I was like, "You could have yeah. kept it genuine, girl." Yeah, uh, we see Uncle Buck like behind the swinging kitchen door, putting his ear to it, trying to listen to this conversation, <laughs> and we see him doing like a script supervisor, like mouthing the words that uh-huh. Tia is saying. And Amy Madigan sees right through this shit, and she like you know kapow kicks the door trying to catch him and it doesn't work he ducks because he like he ducks first he ducks it yeah and then he thinks he's in the clear so he moves over and then she really gets him and he sells this like a million bucks it's such a good like i don't, I don't know if they did some wire work as well or the, how yeah, they filmed it yeah, yeah. of him it's multiple angles from underneath it's good yeah yeah also you keep talking about Gunkle Buck, which I is good and I like it. I'm genuinely kind of surprised that eight years ago there wasn't a version of this that was like Ant Buck with Melissa McCarthy. Oh my god, you're right. Like the fact that that doesn't exist is honestly kind of shocking to me. I guess they were making the TV show right around that. That was time, around the so time they're making the, the TV show that took the slot. But it's like so what the kind of movie they give her is. Oh, for sure. And also, I will say. This is this is like exactly the right amount of physical comedy. I think if you like remade this shot for shot, which again, why would you do that? That'd be silly. But like this kind of stuff, I think would be she'd be great at. Yeah, would have been just like, a few. It's just bits. enough of the physical comedy. Yeah. Um. So they re- Shanice and Buck reconcile, and then we cut to the parents coming home, and m- mom comes in, and Tia gives her a big hug, and mom's like, "What the hell? <laughs> it's like, what happened to you, kid?" Which I like. And a he's lot. I thought that Buck was really and sweet. Shanice are in the kitchen with Miles and Maisie. Like, we gotta like. What he says is, we got to let your mom and your sister talk it out. But what he means is, your sister has to yes. apologize for being a see you next Tuesday to your mom. Yeah, exactly. Your sister is uh, a raging hose beast in the parlance of, of Wayne and Garth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the button on this scene of a sweet hug and apology is, I don't even know if Buck does anything, but the, the pan rack it's... holder, just come. does he lean on it at all? Or is it just come falling? He touches he i think he touches one that's moving and the whole rack falls down 
It's such a it's such the perfect button on the moment. I had completely forgotten about this joke. Like I had no recollection of it. I laughed so hard at this. Like it's so good. Tears in my eyes. It's just perfect buffoonery. And at the at the it's also funny because I feel like Buck has some buffoonish moments in the beginning of the movie. He does. And then as as he sort of grows as a character, he's he's much less buffoonish. I can see that. They're like he like the 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 stuff in the closet and the plate break and he obviously gets knocked over by the door like 2 seconds earlier but that's that's like a pratfall versus Buck being a, a you know a goofus. And this is just such a pure goofus moment that you're like, "Oh, he's still the same guy. He just he's mm-hmm. a lot, you know, sweeter." He's just a little more mature. Yeah. Uh also, I couldn't get over this. So we have Mom and Tia uh about to like hug. And I don't know what you would call this. I It's a sequence of like flipping back and forth between two characters, getting closer on the close up each time until it's like a really tight close up of just eyes, basically. But it starts like down the hallway and it's like, chick, 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 like mm-hmm. getting closer. This is like such a John Hughes calling card. Yeah. That I, I had not thought about. You know, like it's, I had it's basically if you if you uh, if you picture the scene where Cameron is looking at the painting in the museum, yes. the way that yep. is shot is the way this is shot. Yeah. It's like five feet, four feet, three feet, two feet, one foot, six inches, one inch. Like, mm-hmm. it, like, you know, boom, 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 boom. And then cutting back and forth on two people. But I, I think it's, I think there's one of these in the breakfast club as well. Oh, probably. I, like I, it's, it just, it's such a John Hughes trademark of like this cascading close-ups. I guess is what I would call it. I'm sure there's a better technical <laughs> film term, but I don't know it. Um, but I was just like, Oh man, like what a John Hughes calling card here in the last minutes. Oh, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. Exact, almost exactly the same as this one with Which Steve Martin coming that? in. At, Steve Martin comes home. Oh yeah. 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 And it's like, click, 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 click. It's, it's almost exactly the same as this. Cause it's the same kind of John Hughes house. And then we get the cute little wrap then, up with the family, yeah. you know, saying goodbye and hugging. And it feels, it feels like he'll be back soon. Absolutely. Yes. And, and Amy Madigan feels like part of the family now, like that, you know, he, the, the kids met her and liked her and had this nice time with her. Just like everybody kind of connecting in that way is really sweet. And then the final moment with Buck and Tia, him being like, if you're in the city, come with, let's get a cup of coffee. And she's like, I'd like that. It's just like, oh shit, he want her over too. Mm-hmm. He got you. Yeah. Uh, this is a wonderful movie. This I I don't know if this is my favorite John Hughes movie because I love Ferris Bueller so deeply, but this is slid up in my rankings. Uh, I think so. After this watch, this it's is in the top three. For probably me for one sure. of my top John Candy movies. Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah, this is like a tremendous performance by him. A really sweet movie. Also, like nice and short. Lots of laughs. Like the, it's a hundred minutes, like but it's breezy. Per- yeah, and, but it's also like well. The laughs are well spread throughout it. It's not like front loaded or back loaded. It's like kind of nicely spread out through the whole movie. There's a good laugh every 10 minutes, I would say, which is, you know, a good hit rate. Uh, And just like great performances all around. Two great kid performances, which we hardly come across. Uh, I think Jean Louisa Kelly is excellent in this. And I I feel sad that she didn't get to do more as a teen. Um, Buck, obviously great. Amy Madigan gets lots to do and lots of great little fun one-off characters. Like we didn't get into this, but toothpick guy, I feel like could have an interesting 20 minute short film. Oh, for sure. Also, I feel like if we don't mention that, uh, Maisie and Amy Madigan were, were also together in field of dreams, our mom will text us both angrily. So they were together in field of dreams. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I, uh, field of dreams, a movie again, I think I've mostly seen on cable. That sounds right. Yeah. So I, you know, a little bit less uh, in the old noodle for me. 
Um, also, uh, Gabby Hoffman still acting as an adult, which is yeah, which is pretty impressive. Amazing. Yes, Gabby Hoffman is the yes. Person I was just name. clarifying. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I was I was like trying to explain who she was to my wife, and I was like, oh, she's in the Veronica Mars movie. <laughs> Uh, which is very niche, obviously. But this is a huge recommend. It just hit Prime. Also, this is I was going to ask you this. This is a movie that doesn't overtly have any holidays in it, other than it's Miles' birthday. But it kind of feels like a holiday movie to me. Like it feels like Thanksgiving-y, holiday yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, not necessarily Christmas, but it, it is like a nice fall family movie, which I, I had not thought about too much previously, because it's not overtly one. Obviously. No, it's, it's not just got the feels. Trains, automobiles. Yeah, but it's just like that kind of sweetness, you know, season of giving and love and stuff. I, I thought it was pretty nice. So, uh, yeah, huge recommend. Big old recommend. On, on both parts here, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you have not yet, please review it. That can be your holiday gift to us. We'd appreciate that, and we read those on the show. Uh, if you'd like even more Dissecting the 80s, visit patreon.com slash Dissecting the 80s. You get a rss feed you can drop into your favorite app and we're now on spotify on patreon as well so if that's how you like to listen to your pods you can get it there um more than a dozen bonus episodes at this point you get one every other month there we just did a great one on john carpenter's halloween much like this podcast gushing about something we love and uh, next month we'll have another bonus episode for you so hop on over there and and check that out and uh and, and get yourself some more dissecting the 80s as a holiday gift to yourself patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s visit us on facebook on twitter it's at dissect the 80s uh for the time being i keep saying i'm gonna quit twitter maybe that'll be a maybe we'll get over on blue sky or something at some point and uh yeah if you want to say hi to us dissect the 80s at gmail.com in two weeks we'll be back with a movie that was on the schedule earlier this year and got punted and punted and punted but damn it i said we're not getting out of 2023 without doing carl weathers's starring vehicle action jackson so oh, right. i am thrilled to do some action slock carl weathers which i think is the re- it's referenced in toy story 4 i think his character's no, name is action uh, jackson that's possible that's possible he's like a little gi joe size figure but i think he's called action oh jackson. it's it's possible it's possible you got craig t nelson you got sharon stone you got bill duke from the rocky fran or from the predator franchise thomas f wilson aka biff so oh. you got you got some got some people here uh, and I watched the opening scene and the, the flaming body gets launched out of a, a, a building of some type. So <laughs> you got that in the first minute, you got that going for you. So Action Jackson in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I've been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. <laughs> <laughs>